You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I think it's really important tonight that we start to really take a lot of things personal. When you worship, get personal. When you get your prayer on, we don't need none of these Christianese memorize prayers make it personal like I sing that song and I wonder how many of us just go through the motions are you really standing in faith what's that mean to you I don't want tonight just to be another check the box we're going to make it a prayer night I want us to get ready because I feel like I felt like last year going into Emerge, I felt like it was still kind of like rookie Emerge. And we were all kind of like, you know, young warriors. But God's outside of time. And I really think during this last year, he did create warriors and that was good in that season. But now we're going into Lionheart. See, Lionheart, to me, it's almost like a warrior with wisdom. When I say Lionheart, I mean king. When I mean king, I mean there's gonna be men that rise up to get spiritual maturity. There's gonna be men that know how to lead their spouses, men that know how to listen to their spouses. That's mean that men are getting wisdom like they've never seen before because they're hearing, because they have an intimate relationship. It's just not a, Christian thing we do it's a relational thing we do see some people come in our church and they get a little unsettled like why are you up all in my business I'm not I'm just praying for you and it's really when we learn just to have a conversation with God he can really start to talk to us you know my kids don't get all proper with me when they want something from dad or they need something from me. It's amazing. You know, it's a difference when I hear my kid talk to another adult. There's some reverence, some respect. I'm serious. But when they talk to their daddy, I know the tone's a little different. I just want the tone of this house to be a little different than just some reverence, kind of like polite, I'm gonna keep you at arm distance. This church was founded on three words, fresh, real, and powerful. And in 16 years, that's never changed. So tonight, I want something to happen that's fresh in your life. I want something that's gonna happen that's real in your life. And I want something to happen, most importantly, that's powerful in your life. If we can't get fresh, real, and powerful, we're drinking old wine that is stale. We're not being real. And guess what? You ain't got no power. There's a real God that sent his son for you and I to do powerful things here on earth. Your voice matters. Your legacy matters. What you do 
matters. And I know I sound a little intense, but I just feel like as we go into a merge, we have to turn up the dial. I'm gonna tell you, the thermostat for me is on Tuesdays. What happened on Sunday was a shot of, it was an injection. I don't like the word shot. I don't even know if I like the word injection now that I think about it. It was a impartation of hope. That impartation of hope. I walked out in the foyer and I just saw people with ear to ear grins, like a little bit like, don't mess with me. You know, freedom, baby. You know, I was like, and I'm thinking to myself, man, what a, what a cool, amazing, humble, powerful man we had in our pulpit. And I thought that was impressive, but we had lunch with them and my mind was just like, I had to go back the next day and pick some of my mind up from Amalfi afterwards. So I think I left some on my mind here because my mind exploded. But he was so humble, sharing what God's doing in his life. He's humble, humility under an anointing that he has. That same anointing you can carry and God's gonna trust you with it. But he want us... He wants us to get some stuff right. And since it's my first time preaching at my own campus in a while, I've been at Salt Lake City, I've been to Bressy twice, I've been all over. I finally get to do my confession of faith with you. If you don't know what that is, confession of faith, if you don't believe it, you might not believe it the first one, this is the new fresh one, then guess what? Just declare a thing over your life. Just declare it till you do believe it and once you believe it, that becomes a confession. It builds your faith. You know, we gotta speak a thing before you see a thing. We gotta speak things into existence before you may walk that thing out. I had to believe for some miracles in my life before I was sitting in my miracle, before I was walking in my miracle. Every one of us, my kids were my miracle. I had to see them, prophesy, believe for them, and now I have them. Same with my home, same with ministry, same in work. No matter where you're at, we're all in the business of the kingdom. Can I tell you that? You don't, you don't come to church and you're a Christian and you leave and you're something else. You're God's kid, whether you want to be intimate with him or not. You were made by God for God and there's no other purpose. And I'm getting a little riled up because... I'm watching things in the world that there's some spiritual warfare and then I keep seeing Christians like skipping down the road thinking, you know, there's no battle in them. What are we doing? What are we battling for? You know why we got to learn how to pray? Because there is a war and if you don't know how to pray, pray, you're going to be getting whooped and then keep coming to the pastor saying, can you pray for me? Pray for yourself, the Bible says. I mean, we're going to pray for you. You know, the first nine months, maybe a year, my wife was taking care of my kids' business. Breastfeeding them, feeding them, feeding them, feeding them. I'm pumped. My three-year-old now, man, it's like transitioning out of diapers. He's pooping on his own. That's a big deal. I'm pumped out of my mind. I have all my kids. I don't know why I'm so pumped about this breakthrough. It's like my last one. Out of diapers. Freedom! But let me tell you something. Don't say it's the last one. 
I said it, I rebuked that statement. Lord, help my unbelief. Give me another Lord. All right, but no, serious. If I'm still feeding my kids at nine years old, they're still trying to get on the breast at nine years old. How many know that's a problem? What are we doing as Christians? I'm telling you. I want to be a, I want, I want, I want there to be such favor in this house because of your spiritual maturity. Because man, you want that mature faith that you want to walk out into the world and you want to walk in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You want to hunger for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You want to pursue the things in the book of Acts that Jesus says, you're going to do even greater things than me. Let's have that kind of hunger tonight. So do we got that confession of faith? There it is. Oh, yes. I've only said it to myself a hundred times, but we're going to say it together, and I hope it sounds as good as it does in my brain. You guys ready? Come on. Today, I operate in your overflow. I am grateful and focused on what lies ahead. I declare unshakable joy over my life. I live on your word, your truth, your promises. I declare great health over my life and that my soul prosper. Let your kingdom come, your will be done in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on. Last thing, where's these two lovers? Where's Allie and Miguel? Step up, I'm gonna pray for you. Listen, Miguel wrote this book right here, Lifting the Veil on Personal Development. And for a guy that spent probably 250,000 over my life on personal development, I can tell you I was chasing smoke. And you know what? I'm not gonna say that it didn't help me become a better person, but I was still at the end of all that still missing the most important thing. And that was my revelation on God. And, and listen, in personal development, they rip off the Bible, they rip, rip off the word, they get credit, they make a lot of money. But listen, they've helped a lot of people and I still love, go on, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow, Thursday, tomorrow morning, first flight out, my wife and I taking my whole team to get developed and coached and trained. So I'm still into it, but it's not an idol and it's a counterfeit for Jesus. And I'm so proud of you that you're going there. And I wanna pray for you. So stretch out your arms. He's up here and with this beautiful bride. Come on. You can hold hands, it's okay. They all know now. Yeah, well, it's, it makes it less awkward because you know, then they're like, why is he flirting with that other worship leader? Isn't he married? Doesn't he have kids? They don't know. They just see you looking at that girl over there singing worship songs. I'm glad it's finally out, it's finally out. But listen, I'm so proud of him because guess what? There was a seed in his heart and all the noise of the world and the noise of the enemy and tell him, don't do it, don't do it. He just said, you know what? Boom, I'm going after my dream. I think it's important because some of you have a book in your spirit. Some of you have a song you need to write for the worship team. Some of you have a desire of your heart that is shelf because there's the enemy so loud in your voice or a voice so loud and that's the enemy that you put your dream on hold to wait to see what works out. But I love it because you win anyways. I'm proud of you, man. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this amazing couple. God, I thank you for this book. 
God, let it go around the world. Let it go viral for your kingdom to make your name famous. God, that he gives you the glory in this book. That they'll read it because they're interested in personal development, but as they go, their soul gets developed. May their soul prosper because of the words that you've given this mighty man. We thank you, Lord. Let his voice be heard, not just in song and worship, but let it resonate throughout the world. Let this be the first of many. I see this in a series of books. Because you got more to say, my friend. You got more to say. And don't let the enemy, the world, or anybody else try to shut your mouth. When God's putting something on your lips, you're going to speak it. And it's going to pierce the veil of the enemy and bring people out of darkness and deception and into the light where they can see for the first time. May the scales fall off the eyes of those that read. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Proud of you guys. Come on. You can buy it on Amazon. I'd give you this copy, but he signed it and wrote me a cute note, so you're not getting it. But you guys can all be seated. Listen, I'm just going to go through just a couple thoughts here, and then I'm going to open up the altar. I really believe we're in a season we need to learn how to check our ego, get over our pride, not care what other people think. And you know what it takes? Reps. Reps. I just saw this little video clip of Michael Jordan. Matumbo was talking smack to him, and he just went up the line and goes, hey, Matumbo, what's up? This is for you. Closed his eyes and drained that free throw. And you know why? Because he stuck to the fundamentals. He was so confident, he's like, boom. How many of, I, of us in the kingdom close our eyes and see more clear? We close your eyes, what do you hear? And I think it's really important. I got my little awakened Bible up here. Hopefully you're all past page 49. You should be. If not, there's no judgment. But just get with a Christian that's up to pace. I'm starting. And I was reading this week because, you know, I was behind and catching up. Got a, still a day behind. I got a plane ride tomorrow. It'll be fine. But what I love about it, I'm reading it, and I've been stuck on listening to the mindset of where the Israelites were. Here they just witnessed God do this powerful thing. Like pretty radical if you could really put yourself, instead of just reading the Bible, live the Bible. Put yourself. You've been a slave, been beat on, you've been whipped on, you've lost all hope. And what happens is you have a man come in. You have Moses and Aaron come in. They start dropping. They start taking on the most powerful man at the world at the time, Pharaoh. And they just start going out. And you just see God's story after God's story after God's story after God's story after God's story. I mean, they get more powerful. And if you don't have... By the end of all those plagues, fear the Lord. I don't know how to help you at that point. I just tell you, my wisdom can go to a point and it's gonna stop. Because if you haven't had fear of the Lord on that final one, what I love about God, he does it even, you know, you know what they say, what's that saying? I don't even know what that saying is. It's like, if you're gonna get, do a job, do it overboard or something like that. If you're gonna do something, just go all the way. Be, be over the top with it. And what happens is you see that God just did all these radical things. They go out and then he makes them stop and then he hardens Pharaoh's heart. They all come after him. And on page 49, it goes into Exodus chapter 14, the Red Sea crossing. I read that four times this week because I could not wrap my head around it. And then I was asking God all these questions like, hey, did you really? I mean, so it blew the wind all night long and it dried out all the bottom of the bed of that river. I mean, I'm a river kid. I go out to the river all the time. I was like, okay, 
So you're going to part the Colorado River. I'm just making it in my context. You're going to let all my friends go across. You're going to bring all the people I can't stand behind me. Mostly in Sacramento, now Canada a little bit. And you're going to let them come in. Same dictators, just different year. You know what I mean? Just coming through. And then you're going to close it up. That's pretty radical. Now, if you've just experienced that and don't have fear of the Lord, I was already struck by the first time. Now it's over the top. Is there hope for you? I don't know. But it's such a radical story to think about because even after all that, I then went on and read in Deuteronomy 1.3, it says, in the 14th year, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses spoke to the people of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him in commandment to them. And then in verse eight, I mean, chapter eight, verse two, it says, you shall remember the whole way the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness that you might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And then in verse 29, even further, Deuteronomy, the same book, just later, I've led you for 40 years in the wilderness. How stubborn are these people? How stubborn are we? And your clothes have not worn out and your sandals have not worn off your feet. They obviously weren't Nikes, let me tell you. I can't make it six months without them wearing down. But I tell you that God sustained them for 40 years in the wilderness. They were never meant to be in the wilderness that long. They were meant to go to the promised land. But obviously God had to do some things in their heart. The title of my message is Breaking Bad. To the pure, all things are pure. I don't know what you guys are laughing about. I don't even watch that show. I don't, I didn't. It was funny, my, my team goes, well, this is kind of dark over here. I'm like, well, make some of it nice. Like, I live over here. Maybe you guys are watching this over here. But that's where we need to be. Look at that side. The family, the future is family is the series that we're in. And you're, it's really gonna kick off this Sunday. It's gonna get interesting. But breaking bad is we all have some things we need to break off our life. We're not above it. We all, we all have stuff. The question is, are you willing to face it? The question is, are you willing to look at yourself as a man and woman in the mirror and just look at yourself knowing that God loved you so much that he sent his son to forgive you and I? And then what stories do we tell ourselves? What are we beating ourselves up over? What have we been saying to ourselves when we look in the mirror, when we look at the production of our day or lack thereof, or where you're at in life? Do you think it could be further or do you make a mistake here? I mean, I feel bad. You can ask my wife. Someone today saw my fake account. There's a fake account on Instagram. It is not mine. And someone was dumb enough, and I apologize because that's, I don't know, you don't have discernment gave 15K to that person and is now panicking through Bitcoin. I'm like, what, what are you doing? I mean, yeah, we had a QR code up here. That QR code's not the right one, girl. And I don't even sound like that jack wagon. I'm like, email the church. 
Ask better questions. But the evil is out there. I don't want us to be naive Christians anymore. Pharaoh, that whole Egyptian, that stuff way back in the Bible, everybody thinks all oh, that book is 2,000 years old. Can it be relevant? It's happening today. I don't know if we can show this video because I just popped it on it. What do you guys think? You think we can? This is a little rough around the edge. I just threw it on them. I want you to see what happened today at our border. You ready for this? Where's your freedom? Ma'am, put your feet in so we can close the doors. Okay. We're going to close the door. You stay right there before we move. Hey, 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 hey calm down. Hey, calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Back up. Back up. Back up. Get your foot back in there. Get your foot back in there. Ma'am. Ma'am, we're going to have to tase you. You're not going to like that. I don't understand what you're telling me. Put your feet back in there. All right. Listen. She is busted for kidnapping little kids. A van full of little kids. That's a demon, people. You can't medicate a demon. You can't counsel a demon. It takes spiritual authority to bust that. Now, I feel bad for the lady I wanna pray for. I wanna find out where she's at, and I wanna help her. But you are messing yourself up if you think that's just a sick woman. She's sex trafficking little kids across the border to sell them into a prostitution ring, that is called evil in this world and it exists. And there's gonna be men and women that are gonna rise up and the church is the only thing that's gonna make a difference. And just to help you, I'm not the church, you're the church. We sit here and wake up and think of all the ways that we can bring in deliverance and inner healing and come around teaching the word of God and put on DNA classes and have people that volunteer that are gonna be here late tonight praying for you. They're gonna get up in the morning. We have interns, like a hundred of them, that sign up and pay money to be an intern. What's that mean? That means they come to serve to make this whole thing happen for one reason to rise up, you and me, to find your destiny, your calling, and what's on your life. That means you're gonna put in the work. That means you might get offended at maybe how we lead you because we're not perfect. Because I'm using every gift in the body of Christ to unlock the darkness that's out there and bring it into the light. That is darkness, my friends. Evil exists. And you better equip yourself, mind, body, spirit, and soul to be ready for what's coming. Not out of fear, but out of strength. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. If you are fearful, that is not God. If you have anxiety, that is not of God. If you have mental health stuff going on, that is not of God. And I don't care what they put that girl on, she'll go so crazy, she might end up taking her own life. That's why she needs the power of the Almighty God to have an intervention with her life. And if you wanna do anything, 
you wanna pray for her. Because until she's set free, if they release her back out, she will go right back. You see, is demonically oppressed. And you can see by that video, that's a real thing. And people were freaking out today that that went viral saying, take that down. No, don't take it down. That's why I show because it might not be up tomorrow. Someone's getting death threats for putting that video up. No, that's the demonic. And if we don't equip ourselves with what we need to do to equip ourselves, then what are we doing? Are we playing house? Are we comfortable? I grew up around comfortable Christians. I would call them lukewarm. I was barely lukewarm. I knew the Bible. I said a prayer before bed. I honored my mom and dad and prayed over the dinner table. I didn't know what that would do. But see, there's other countries that don't have the luxuries that we have, that they don't take prayer as lightly as we do. They know that their life depends on it every single day. And I do want to tell you, I didn't show you that video to scare anybody. I just said there is a reality. And I don't want us to wake up and think we're going to go to a job and drive down a freeway and check it in. And you can listen to whatever you want. You're going to turn on the news and then you're going to get programmed a little bit more. And then you're going to get around and have nonchalant, you know, conversations, which I do all the time anyways. But it's just at some point, when are we going to study the word of God? When are we going to get in the word and get it in us that I don't want to be an Israelite stuck in the wilderness for 40 years when there's a calling on our life to do something radical for the kingdom? Now, I'm not saying be a weird Christian. I'm not saying take this awakened Bible and if I see one downtown on the street, I'm going to lose it. Don't be going and throwing this at homeless people. That's not what I'm saying. Don't get weird on me. You know, it's like the devil goes, oh man, I lost that person, they got saved. Now let me see if I can push them all the way over here and get them weird. I mean, I barely like Christians and the weird ones, I just run. (laughs) Can we just do this without getting weird? I know we can get passionate. We can get on fire. I even love this guy at prayer when he comes, he's like, fire, fire, fire. And then I watch all the Christianese people go, I'm like, he's just saying the word fire. He's passionate. And then I look at him and he's in the back, he's fire, fire, getting someone delivered. And you, you watch some of the other guys in prayer, you're like, Pastor Matt, there's a guy in the back. I know, everybody can hear him. You don't have to whisper. <laughs> he's making me uncomfortable. Yeah, then why don't you go tell him? No way. That's crazy art. You know what, though? I'm going to tell you something. You might get a little crazy like that, too. If the enemy came to take your wife and she only had months to live from cancer, and the word said, Are you going to fight for her? Are you going to fight for her? Chemo didn't work, drugs didn't work. Everyone gave up on her and said, Go home and die. But guess what? There was a man that got the word on the inside of him that got a little fire, fire, fire on the inside of him. And he doesn't care what you think. And he went after that thing and he busted that devil off his wife and she's still alive today. And once you're turned on for the kingdom, you ain't ever getting turned off. 
So I can see those guys, or you can just go ask them the story and he might share it with you because he just doesn't walk around yelling fire. He's a real man that loves Jesus and he loves the people who see people get set free and healed and live a different life. He's out working the gospel like it's real, fresh, and powerful. And I'm telling you, Baking, breaking bad is what we all need to figure out. Now, my question is, how do we want to process breaking bad? My first thing is, I just want to tell you, and then I'm going to open up this altar just to receive some prayer here. What is your legacy? What do you come from? See, my grandma, 96 years old, born in 1927, 28. That's called, she was born in the middle of the Great Depression. That means my great-grandma wasn't afraid to give birth and bring life into the world in its darkest hour. My great-grandma, born in 1908. She makes 1883 look weak. <laughs> by herself on a farm. Like, but my, my grandma passed away yesterday, and I'm thinking to myself, the Holy Spirit almost two weeks ago, said, I'm taking your grandma home. So I haven't been up to see my mom. I've been a little busy. Called my mom, I said, I'm coming home. I preached in Salt Lake City. I went straight, flew straight there, straight to Sacramento. My mom's like, what are you doing? Drove in, hung out, held my grandma, talked to my grandma, loved on my grandma, took a picture with my grandma, kissed on my grandma, told her how amazing she was. I talked to her. I don't know if you got that picture. Look, this is my grandma, just two weeks ago. 96 years old, God bless her, an amazing woman, loved Jesus. She kept saying, I just want to go see your grandpa, and I want to go visit my sister. She lived out every one of her friends. My mom's like, are you sure? I said, the Lord's taking her, mom. That's why I'm here. And then it happened yesterday, but I already had my peace. I already had my joy. I already had my... Dutton jacket on. I was sitting there with her loving my best life. And I got to say everything I needed to say. And because of that, my mom, it shook my mom a little bit. She stayed with her every day because she, she just didn't know. And I look at that picture and I go, that's part of my legacy. There was a lot of good in that woman. And even some of the bad things, guess what? I took that and I said, what can I learn from that? What can I take from that and change it because it stops with me? So I appreciate the good, the bad, the ugly, everything about that woman. 96 years of wisdom. But see, I don't want to be stuck in the wilderness complaining about my life, complaining to God, not listening to the things that he has for me, walking around the same field, the same thing. I don't care if my shoes lasted 40 years. I don't care if I have the same clothes for 40 years. I don't care that I got fresh manna every day. I don't care that during the heat I'd get a cloud and at night I'd get a fire. That's supernatural stuff. At some point, I gotta help my mind see different, think different, be different. We're either stuck and we're comfortable or we wanted to ask God to get radical and show us something in our life. Every one of you are here for a purpose. If you weren't, he'd take you home. You have unfulfilled destiny. The question is, how bad are you gonna fight to find it? Some of you, listen, we all need to share the gospel. You're either living it, that's how you're sharing it. 
You're either serving people, loving it, and then one day we'll all be up in heaven. My grandma's up there right now, without a shadow of doubt. I'm not even sad about it. I'm actually pumped for her because she doesn't have to lay around her house all day. The minute they took her driver's license and then she outlived her dog that said, there's no way you're going to outlive this dog. That's what they told me when I got the dog and gave it to her. Don't worry, she won't outlive this dog. I'm like, thank goodness, she needs a friend. She outlived all her friends. Then she outlived her dog. That dog lived 17 years old. It's probably going, I, I promised Dr. Matt I'd live out liver. <laughs> I know the average life of a Pomeranian is 12, but I'm going to keep going. I gave my word to Dr. Matt. I was up there on its last, on its last couple of weeks adjusting it, just going, here's a little more life. Stay alive. Just outlive my grandma. <laughs> That was way worse than her passing away. Oh, it was so painful. I had to hear her every day, Tiger, Tiger's gone. I'm like, oh, if I get her another one, she might live longer. Lord, <laughs> take her. Last thing I'm gonna say, and I'm opening the altar. I don't want us to be the church that's stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. Thank goodness we have great leaders. We're not. But I need us to be resilient in who we are as Christians. Can you toughen up and thicken up and pursue and chase and get corrected and discipled and loved on and taught? And we all have blind spots. Are you able to stand in your blind spots and trust your leaders to see a thing you don't see? I, 15, 16 years. Have I been offended in this house? You bet I have been. Have I been disappointed? You bet I have been. But you know what? There's a calling way greater than that thing in front of me. And when I hear the devil whisper, because I finally learned my father's voice, I stand in the heat and it's refiner's fire. And I want every one of you to be able to stand in a place to know that we love you, we're fighting for you, we believe in you. We're walking this journey out with you, but there's a world that needs you because you're here on a Wednesday night. Who does that? But there is a world that needs us to light it up, to get the veils off, the masks off. We got to help them get freedom because people are stuck in fear right now. There is an evil, demonic kingdom that is trying to destroy. The kingdom of darkness is trying to destroy us. I want to tell you one last thing about hope. Can we show this picture? These three rats. Dude in our church sent me this. And I just studied it. I went and studied it. I geeked out over it. Went down rabbit trails. I studied everything about this doctor the last two days. It's been messing my mind up. Let me read this. During a brutal study at Harvard in the 1950s, Dr. Kurt Richer placed rats in a pool of water to test how long they could tread water. On average, they give up and sink after 15 minutes. But before they gave up due to exhaustion, the researchers would pluck them out, dry them off, and let them rest for just a few minutes. He then put them in for a second round. In this second try, how long do you think they lasted? Remember, they just swam until failure only three minutes before. How long do you think? Another 15 minutes? 10 minutes? Five minutes? No. 
60 hours. 60 hours. I need you to hear it. That's not an error. 60 hours of swimming. The conclusion after more studies that since the rats believed that they would eventually be rescued, they could push their bodies way past what they previously thought impossible. I'll leave you with this thought. If hope can cause exhausted rats to swim for that long, what could a belief in yourself and your abilities do for you? When you see that song, let hope rise. Are you just singing that song? Or you understand, let hope rise. Doesn't matter how tired you are. Doesn't matter how exhausted you are. Doesn't matter what you've been through. But it does matter that you find hope. It does matter that you look in the mirror and you break bad. You don't sit there and feel shameful. That's from the devil. God didn't send his son so you feel shame. He sent his son so you find belief, freedom, eternity, salvation. How do you define your legacy if you stop to think about what your legacy is going to be? Don't beat yourself up. Don't be afraid to think about it, talk about it, dream about it. What contingencies do you have to place in your life to ensure your legacy goes on past you? Maybe it's just you needed some hope tonight. Maybe it's you need to sit down and start digging in this thing. Start weaponizing your spirit to know that you weren't put on this planet for you. Jesus came to serve, not be served. We're all disciples if you allow yourself to be a disciple, but there's a radical world. It's been the most radical journey, the journey of faith, finding some hope, seeing that I'm not gonna cry over my grandma, I'm gonna celebrate my grandma. I'm gonna live on her legacy. You can all stand to your feet. I want to pray for you tonight. Listen, if you've never given your life to Jesus, he is the way, the truth, and the life. Eternal life. While you're here, be on assignment. But no, this is such a short rope compared to eternity. If I had a rope that went from that end of the stage to that end of the stage, and this is a big stage, I'd walk it, but my legs are sore. It's true, Mark, right? He worked out with me. We're both sore. Gio, thanks for the supplements. But listen, if the rope was that long, I'm going to tell you right down here, at this end of the rope, that's your life. That's eternity. This is eternity, and it keeps going. That's a long time. That's a long time. I want every one of you Eternity. That's what we're fighting for. That woman that was demonically depressed that's stealing life, robbing children of their life. If someone doesn't set her free and send a warning to every demonic force that is thinking that evil, nothing's going to change. But if there's a church that finds hope 
that starts swimming again, that trains, that reads together, that connects together, that sends their man to emerge so they can lead their family right, that can come back, that can equip the church. You know why we take offerings? So we can build another campus to reach more people. You know why we take offerings? So we can buy land to go train, so we can get people ready for the spiritual war that we live in. Because you know what? Every time we send you out, you pluck another soul out of the pit of hell. They're on this line called eternity. It's worth the fight. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for every man and woman in this place. God, we get ourselves out of the way. We check our ego at the door. We get over pride. We forgive those people that need to be forgiven. We man up, we woman up about the things that maybe we've tripped up over. We stop beating ourselves up. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for us. Thank you, Lord, that we are worthy. Thank you, Lord, that we're your sons, we're your daughters. Thank you, Lord, for restoring us. Thank you, Lord, that we look towards righteousness so we can be righteousness. Yes, we impart that. Let us have hope again, let us believe again. God, let us not fear the altar coming to get prayed for tonight. Whatever you're going through, you're not doing it alone. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're gonna empower men and women to get over their addiction tonight. Addictions are broken in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, Lord, that every stronghold is broken right now. God, I break off and cancel all shame and anxiety and fear and depression and every dark demonic thought that is in our mind. I break it in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, Lord, that you've given us the authority to walk in your power. God, as we open the altar right now, ministry team, you can come forward. God, I thank you, Lord. This is a house of transformation. That God, you've given us grace to love people where they're at and see them over the line. No matter where you're at, if you feel like you wanna come get prayer, come get prayer. Walk down here and say, I need to get right with the Lord. If you've never given your life to Jesus, come down and just tell someone on my ministry team, I've never given my life to Jesus. We have a book for you called the Bible. We're giving you your first weapon. Use it wisely. We're giving you a book called Following Jesus. That's to equip you on what's next. That's why we have DNA. If you've never been to DNA, I don't care how long you've been to it, sign up for DNA tonight. That's the start of your discipleship to train you up on how to pray. You don't need to just go think you need to have the pastor pray for you, you're gonna pray. You're gonna cast off demons. You're gonna walk in power. You're gonna do the same things Jesus did. We train our men on Tuesday, get down and start laying hands on broken knees, shoulder, whatever it is. This is called doing reps for the kingdom in your faith walk. You can work out all day long in the physical and I say you should, but if you're not doing it in the spiritual, what are we doing? You're doing reps tonight. Maybe it's your first time down to the altar saying, I've never been down for prayer. Why not? Come on down. But Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. I thank you for this worship team that steps up and creates atmosphere to worship you, God. I thank you for their gifts. Unlock more gifts in this house. God, I thank you for the preachers and the teachers in this building that are hungry and striving for more. God, they want more of your kingdom. They want more of your word. They want more of your presence. Fill them with your Holy Spirit tonight. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, what are you waiting for? I wasn't raised that way. I'm not sure. I don't want to speak in tongues. I think uh, the Bible says we shouldn't. Just come show me where. God, I thank you. Right now, baptize. 
Anyone that has the desire, you just pray. Heavenly Father, baptize me now in the name of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. Just say that to yourself. You don't need a pastor to run up there and find you. You say, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want the gifts of the Spirit. I want to be able to have a bold faith. God, I thank you tonight. Let this church grow in spiritual maturity. Let us walk our faith out. Let it do it with one another. God, I thank you. This is the beginning of what happens on Sunday where we get healed as a family. God, I thank you for the gifting on Dr. Brian. Let him unleash hell against darkness. I thank you that we'll call every friend we know that's struggling maybe with divorce or is walking in loneliness or is walking in relational dysfunction that they call and they get here on Sunday. Lord, fill every seat, Lord. Put a desire that we'll go out and witness that will help our neighbor. Lord, that you'll highlight people in our life that need the gospel in their life, that we will not be afraid or intimidated what people think. Eternity's on the line. God, we thank you for your presence. Heal what needs to be healed. Restore what needs to be restored. Transform what needs to be transformed. We honor you in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.